A few years ago, one of the kids in my online coaching program said to me, Coach Rebecca, I wish we could just go to a gym and have you as our coach. We would all be so happy and so confident. And that warmed my heart and I was like, oh my gosh, that would be the best. And that comment stuck with me for years. So now I'm going to do something about it. I am inviting gymnasts from all over the country to join me for the first ever Confident Gymnast Camp this August 3rd and 4th. This camp is all about breaking through mental blocks. So if you're struggling with a skill and you want me and my team to help you break through in real time, then check out confidentgymnast.com for details. I was only 10 when I found out that with two passports, a gymnast could compete for either country. I had grandparents from Italy, so when I was 15, just on a whim, sent an email to the Olympic team director. said, hi, my name is Sophia. I'm a level 10 gymnast from Colorado. Can I come try out for the team? And he said, sure. I went out there for the first time when I was 15. I did not speak Italian and nobody understood me. I didn't understand anybody. Was totally not ready for the elite level of gymnastics. They said, we're gonna have to send you home. I continued to compete level 10 and train elite continued to send emails i had no response for three years so i sent this last email i'll never forget i opened my phone and i had a response and she said you can come in june basically there's a league in gymnastics called syria it's like you're a pro league of sports the girls not all of them but a lot of them were very mean they did not like the american coming in part of my problem going into this was i was naive and i thought well it's a different culture this is just how they do things and my first time in being surrounded by Olympians, I thought, well, maybe this is just what it takes to become an Olympian. The first thing was the loudness, the voices, the yelling, the screaming, belittling, insults. You look like you got fat today. You're fatter today than yesterday. Like they were called F-heads all the time. If you could magic wand and make just one major thing change in our sport, what would you want to see shift? I think... Hi guys, on today's podcast, you are in for a treat. I have Sophia Campana on the show who tells the coolest stories about her life chasing the dream of being an Italian national team member, even though she is a girl from Colorado. So she talks about her passion for gymnastics and how it got her through the toughest of times, um, her, the life lessons that you can learn from our amazing sport and what she wants to see changed. And just a quick note, during this conversation, we talk about some hard stuff like abusive coaching that she observed in her training. So take care while listening. Hi, everybody. Welcome to a special episode of the Perform Happy Podcast. My guest today, Spia Campana, is an international gymnast who has, she wrote a book by the age of 20. She was a member of the Italian national team. She learned a whole second language as an adult. I mean, you're just an incredible human who cares a lot about the future of our sport. Sophia, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much. I'm I'm honored. And um, as we were chatting before, I'm such a fan of Rebecca's content and love what she's inspiring in the gymnastics and sports community. So I'm really happy to be involved in this. Thank you. Awesome. So great to have you. So I would love, of course, to start with how did you end up competing for the Italian national team as a girl from Colorado? <laughs> would you tell us this amazing story? Sure, sure. So I was only 10 
when I found out through my choreographer, his name was Geza Pozart. He's a very renowned choreographer in the United States now. He was Nadia Komenich's choreographer, Mary Lee Retton, um, who else? Kim Zemeskel. And uh, within his travels, he understood that with two passports, a gymnast could compete for either country. Um, and so when he found out that I had grandparents from Italy, he goes, Sophia, you could get your dual passport and compete for Italy. And I was only 10 years old. And in my head, I was like, oh my gosh, that'd be so cool. Like, I watched the Gladiator movie with my parents and went to Rome and fell so in love with my heritage and had such a respect for my grandparents' journey and where they came from. And, and so in my head, it was like, do my dream my grandparents' country. That sounds so honorable and, and awesome. And I just fell in love with the idea. Um, so when I was 15, we just on a whim <laughs> had no idea how gymnastics worked here, how anything worked, who to contact, but on a whim sent an email to, at the time, the Olympic <laughs> team director and we're like, hi. I said, hi. I was a level 10 gymnast at the time. My name is Sophia. I'm a level 10 gymnast from Colorado. I can get dual citizenship. Um, can I come try out for the team? And, <laughs> and he said, sure. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I'm laughing because telling the story sounds kind of absurd, but that's really how it happened. He said, okay, sure. So um, I love it. you just, I, you just email the, the team director for the Italian national team. <laughs> Like, hi <laughs> Absolutely. send an email from like my like gmail hi i'm sophia like, <laughs> i love but, it well you don't you don't happens. know if you don't ask right 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 i mean worst that can happen is to say no so you gotta shoot your shot um so i went out there for the first time when i was 15 i thought i spoke italian because i grew up speaking italian with my grandparents found out hard truth. I did not speak Italian. <laughs> I spoke a dialect that my grandparents had brought over to the States with them and have, having then spent their adult lives in the States, they didn't evolve with Italian, how, how it changed into what Italian is today. So I went over to Italy with a dialect and nobody understood me. I didn't understand anybody. Um, and um, that was that was one of the fun parts of it, <laughs> but was totally not ready for uh, the elite level of gymnastics. Um, level ten to elite is a huge jump, totally different ball game, and I was so not there. So they were very wonderful and kind and warm and welcoming, but they said, you know, we're gonna have to send you home. Um, so I stayed there for two months uh, during this whole trial period. And um, went home upset, but also so inspired mm. and even more passionate because I I had lived a slight snippet of my dream in those two months. Even though I didn't make it, it was like the going for it was, was so cool. I, I was finally living what had been in my head for years since I was just a little girl. So I came home upset, but also just so driven and ready to just give it my absolute all. I wanted to go back and try it again. So what happened after that was um, I continued to compete level 10 and train elite skills. Like some of the things for level 10, you know, like um, a bar dismount wasn't required. Whereas 
in elite it was um my my vault was a 10-0 start which was like a Yurchenko layout but the girls on the Italian national team had a full one and a half so I was behind in many areas um also the artistry in Europe they spend so much time on the artistry and I always felt like I was a good dancer, but then I went to Italy and I was like, oh my God, I feel like so ugly right now. <laughs> they were so beautiful and flexible and did an hour of ballet every day. And their posture was just, it was just so pristine. Um, anyhow, so I continued to uh, compete level 10 and train elite for the next three years and continued to send emails back and forth to the Italian coaches that I had met when I was there, videos. Hey, I got this new combination. Hey, I just won this meet. Um, I just won nationals at level 10, um, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when can I come back? I had no response for three years. Wow. Yeah. And my my parents have always been extremely supportive and um also wanted to make you know they didn't grow up in gymnastics they didn't really know none of us really knew what the odds were I didn't I mean I kind of knew but didn't um of me making an elite team and um so they kind of were like well maybe we should think about you know, schools, like a plan B. And I had a coach at the time who was like, you should have a plan B. And he was just thinking for the best of me, you know, you should have a plan B. What if you went to do college gymnastics? That'd be so cool. And college gymnastics is an incredible accomplishment. It's so challenging to do, especially this day and age. And um, in in me, in my mind, that wasn't like, that just wasn't my my dream. Um, Doing gymnastics in Italy was. So, I, although I was like, ah, I, I don't want to plan B, I guess, I guess we'll have one. Um, I had actually committed to University of Arizona and continued to send emails, got no response, no response until I decided I was going to send my last email. And if they didn't respond to me, then I was going to be done. I was going to close this chapter of my life and move on. I gave it my all and that was it. So I sent this last email and I'll never forget, I was in the car with my brother, my younger brother, and he knew how, like, how much I was involved with this, my heart and soul, you know, and um, I I opened my phone and I had a response. And she said, you can come in June and, and try out again, train with us. Said, oh, my God. Three years had gone by. I'm like, <laughs> I seem like a psychopath, but it was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And my brother, Antonio, he was so you're going back to Italy. You're going back to Italy. And I, he's like, oh my gosh. He got on the car and he ran to my side. And he opened the door and he, and I got out and he hugged me. And it was so beautiful. And, and, and so I went back to Italy. I trained with them for another summer and I was supposed to go in August to start training with University of Arizona. Um, <laughs> and my last week in Italy the coach who I was training with me with pulled me aside. She was head coach of one of the top elite teams, as well as had some national team gymnasts from that club on the team at the time. And basically there's a league in gymnastics is called Syria. It's like the, it's like Europe's pro league of sports. Um, 
And so all of the best teams in Italy go against each other. It's televised. It's really huge here. Um, and my last week there, she pulled me aside and she's Sophia, we've seen your improvements and you're ready. We would like to have you on our 2015 team. Would you like to compete for us? And my whole world, it, it stopped, but it didn't because it's like in my heart, I was like, I know my moment is coming. I know I can do this. Even though I was so not there three years ago, it's crazy. I mean, I can even land a double back. And then at 17, I finally got my double back, got my double pike, was getting my releases on bars, my series, like nailed on beam. And so I was like a late bloomer. It was kind of like, it shouldn't have even happened. Like looking back, like it, it was just kind of, kind of crazy just because I was such a late bloomer in a lot of my, my skills. Um, but it did. So I was shocked, but at the same time, wasn't, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I said, yeah, of course, <laughs> I guess I'm, I'm moving to Italy. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I called, um, the U of A coaches and they were absolutely incredible and uh Bill and John and um they said so you can come back to college in four years but you might not be able to go and compete elite gymnastics in four years for Italy so do this and I to this day I'm so grateful and I tell this story thanking them because um you know of course a um a commitment to a college is a big deal and for them to support my best interest and dreams as an athlete meant so much to me to just, to just have that, that, uh, blessing, Mm -hmm. their blessing. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, I just can't even imagine like the, the heart explosion when you've, you've tried and you've tried and you've tried and the doors have shut and shut and shut and shut. And then finally the door opens and you walk through it. Like, like yeah. what, what an amazing feeling that must have been to have, you know, like achieved this dream. So then here you go. Did you, did you speak Italian yet? <laughs> what, was going on? How, what was that transition like, you know, going and living in a new country and doing your sport? Yeah. So I, I was speaking much better Italian. Um, thankfully the girls on the team spoke a little bit of English and they were really sweet and I'm still best friends with a few of them today. And they actually taught me how to read numbers because of pointing on the, the vault runway, um, like the vault measuring tape, they would like, we would take turns and then that was like our game. So like I would take a turn and come back and wait in line and she said, Sophia, 20, 20, which means 20. (laughs) And so there we go again, and she teach me 30, 30, and I'll repeat it, 30, 30. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how they first. Um, but also just, you know, being like in a, immersed in, 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 a, in a new country, I, you learn. And, um, well, I believe personally that you you learn hearing it, you pick up automatically, like you just start to understand. But then speaking it, I believe, is a choice because I know a lot of people who don't want to start speaking it and it's really hard it's it's very um embarrassing it can be very oh I'm in such embarrassment embarrassment of myself over the years <laughs> like the mistakes I've made in Italian um that's like a whole nother podcast but um it's hard to put yourself out there and you feel insecure you feel like you can't really laugh because you don't really understand anyone's jokes and like it's hard to start but if you make the choice to just be like okay it's not gonna be perfect I have to start 
somewhere and just start talking. And I still mess up in Italian every day, but um, I speak fluently and understand everything now. And um, so the technique worked. Anyone, awesome. anyone new language, just start speaking. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mess up in English today, so I don't, I don't blame you. Nice. Nice. <laughs> yeah. So you, so you had this big dream that, yeah. like, you, you might have been embarrassed by, you know, reaching out and being shut down. You might have been embarrassed by trying this new language. You might have been embarrassed. There's a lot of times where it seems like you really had to put yourself out there and kind of risk failure and be vulnerable in pursuit of this dream. Was it? just the dream that kept you going? Like what kept you on this path? Yeah, very much. Good question. Even, you know, my coach, my initial coach that brought me up to um, that level when I was, went the first time he, he was like, they're all going to make fun of you. When you go there, they're all going to make fun of you. They're all going to hate you. And I was like, why would they hate me? I'm just, I'm a nice person just doing gymnastics like they are. But they, the girls, not all of them, but a lot of them were very mean. Um, They did not like the American coming in. And um, it it was very, that's, that was an interesting and hard side of it. And, and, and my coach actually told me, if you want to go try out and compete for another coach that I was not allowed to come back into his gym. So he basically like shut doors to my second home and I let go of all of that to go to Italy because I call it in my book and in my videos, I call it our fire. Um, Some people call it passion, um, love, um, intuition, even Mm -hmm. intuition. And I, I just had a fire. That was what got me going every morning. I, that's what I wanted. That's what got me. My, I could just feel my fire. I was like, I want this. I want this. And that's what got my, my blood rushing and, and me excited and my energy. And, and it gave me such a reason to just, just live. Like, I can't explain it. I just knew that I needed to go that route. And I've always been like a little hardheaded. <laughs> um, and so I think that that too, like, in, in this, in this particular area really helped me, um, because I wasn't really going to take no for an answer. And, um, I did risk a lot. I lost, you know, some, some close people to me throughout the process, but I know that was the journey that I was meant to take. And so just feeling that and knowing that I didn't really have any doubts, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Where, where does that fire come from? I mean, I know some people like for me, sports psychology, the second I met a sports psychologist, when I was 12 years old at gymnastics camp, I was like, that's it. I'm done. That's the path. Like I am clear. And I, you know, barreled through hard stuff to get on this path. I just knew, is it, is, was it like that for you? You know, does, does everyone always, does everyone have a passion like that or a fire? Or is that something that you have noticed that people can like grow into or find, you know, if someone's like, what's my fire? What's your advice to them? Great question. Kids ask me that all the time, especially because that's what I talk about a lot on my social media is follow your fire. And that's a great question. And, um, I have a few different ways to answer. And I think, um, different answers can apply to different people. I think one, sometimes like when we think of what our life, what's our life purpose? It's like, it's such a big question that 
it just the pressure of it like it like harbors you from even trying to think and figure it out because it's so big it's too big and so I like to break it down and say if you what do you like (laughs) what do you just like what do you enjoy doing if you had nothing to do for the rest of your life what would you spend your days doing if you didn't have to worry about money you didn't have to worry about a job um, you know, for little kids, they don't think about money yet. But um, when it comes to like adults, I say, if, if you don't have to think about money, what would you do for the rest of your life? And for kids, like, what would you do for play for the rest of your life? Where would you go play? And um, so that's one way I answer that. And another way I answer it is, I think a lot of times um, our passions can be clouded with what he thinks, what she thinks, what mom and dad think, what my coach thinks I can or can't do, what my teacher says I can't do. People say you can't and what's wrong. I like this, but that's wrong. You know, a lot of, like, I know a lot of artists who are like shamed. Well, you can't, it's not going to be a a good career path one day or, or you'll never be good enough to get to this level as an athlete. So I think sometimes we, we know in our heart, but it's so scary to take that leap because if we fail, we let ourselves down, we let everyone down. And, and so we don't allow ourselves to see it. And it's so sad. It's just stuck in there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you really have to let go of what people think. And just, if you like it, you try it. Yes, absolutely. I think that's our, our sense that we have as humans to knowing where we're pulled towards that that's our way of knowing oh this is for me and it's like that it's that that immediate feeling that we have and it's you know it makes me think about the young adult I was post-gymnastics where I had I don't know if this is your experience too where it was like you go here you do this you hit that you yes ma'am like it was very much like a compliance oriented sport where you're given instructions and you follow the instructions there wasn't much like you know, I don't think that that feels safe, or maybe that's not the right drill for me. Or there was none of that. And when I was coached, it was like, you just, sir, yes, sir, or get off my beam. And so I went into my young adulthood, not really knowing how, like not knowing what music I liked and not knowing what my yes was and what my no was. And I feel like gymnastics can really breed this compliance into people. Like, was that good enough coach? Was that okay? Instead of going, that felt good. I'm proud of that. Like, did you notice that or or did you have this ability within yourself to go you know what i feel differently from what i'm being told like how is how do you, how do you relate to that like compliance in gymnastics i totally relate to it i mean i love the way you said it i couldn't say it as good as you just explained it i mean you explained it so well and i totally think that is something that holds then adults back from moving into their individual adulthood and the way I've explained it or related the way I can relate to that in ways that I've explained that experience has been just obedience like we're so taught to be obedient if we're obedient we are we get prized um we get rewarded and so obedience is is good if you know, if you've got a coach who's going to respect you, Mm. obedience is good. But if you 
are working with someone, whether it's coach or in a work environment or whatever, if you're with someone who is not going to respect you, it can be very dangerous. Hey guys, quick announcement break. Right now, we at Complete Performance Coaching are looking for five athletes who are ready to break through their mental blocks for good. If that sounds like you or your child, then sign up for a free consultation call with one of my amazing coaches as soon as possible to see if you're a good fit for our Perform Happy Elite training program. This program includes one-on-one coaching with the world's top mental performance coaches, plus tons of support for athletes and their parents in between sessions. You can sign up today at completeperformancecoaching.com slash consult. Talk to you soon. agree. And, and I mean, going to the European culture, there's a, you know, we've got the whole like European coaches, you just sort of know in America what that means. Oh, the European coaches, it means they don't take, they don't take no for an answer. They, they like two words and you will do it. I'm obviously stereotyping there. I'm sure very many European coaches who are phenomenal out there, but there is this stereotype. So I'm curious if there was an increase in that when you found yourself training in Europe, but you know, and I don't mean to put you on the spot or, you know, call out any coaches, but I'm curious if that, um, if you noticed that going into this new country to train at all. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, um, you know, it's easier for me to talk about now. A couple of years ago was harder for me to talk about because there was so much fear around talking about some of the things that happened in the gym. Um, it's like when, when bad things happen, we still felt like we were in the wrong and we deserved those things to happen to us. And that, um, and that we would, we were not supposed to tell anybody. Um, and so now it's way easier for me to talk about and I'm happy to share it. And actually I talk a lot about it on my social media and my YouTube channel because I realize how important it is to educate as you're doing young kids. Um, part of my problem going into this was um, I was I was naive and I, I thought, well, it's a different culture. This is just how they do things. Um, who am I to just come into a new country and judge how they do things? This is how they do things. And two, that was the first Olympic training center that I have been had ever been in. So again, in my head and, and at this time, um, when I when I went through the major culture shock and European coaches, which there's no exaggeration there, it's it's very even to today is very much so, and that's the reason I'm not training here um, anymore. Um, but going in and and training then for my first time and being surrounded by Olympians, I thought, well, maybe this is just what it takes to become an Olympian. Um, And when you get so, so deeply passionate and obsessed for a goal and you've lived your whole life for that goal, you do, I mean, my coach would tell me to do insane things and I would do them because in my head, she's the Olympic coach. She knows how to get me to the ne- to the next level. So I need to do what she says. If I want to get there, I need to suck it up. I need to do what she says. It's not going to be easy. Getting to the elite levels, it's got, I've got to be tough. And this, this is going to be torture to get there. But that's what I deserve. That's what it's going to take. And that's how you think. And I mean, I was 19, let alone these little girls who are 10. You know, that for them 
it's just so normal. And actually, this is like a question that comes to my mind is, is it, is it almost easier because they've never seen it? There's a better way. It was almost like hurt my heart more because going into this new culture, which I'll explain in a little further detail. Um, I, I, I just, I just hurt not even like the things they would do to me, but watching some of the things that happened to these young kids. I, I was like, this is not gymnastics. This is not gymnastics. This is not, gymnastics like gymnastics is my whole love and heart and world and it is such an amazing and beautiful and fun and joyful sport and this is their experience in that no like this is so wrong <laughs> um so the first thing that I guess it kind of slowly built up and up and the first thing was the loudness, the voices, the yelling, the screaming, um, and the um, belittling um, insults, a lot of like physical, you look like you got fat today. <laughs> you look like you got fat today. You're fatter today than yesterday. Just like little things like this. Oh, so ugly. Or, oh, that sucked. Oh, you can blur this out, but well, I'll just say F head. Like they would call us F heads all the time. And um, that was the first thing that I noticed. And again, Italians like to raise their voices in their hands. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I was like, it's just how Italians talk. I mean, I've got a fa huge family and when you go to dinners, I mean, we're not mad, but we just talk with our loud voices. So I'm just like, maybe that's just Italy. I don't know. All I knew is that I had a lot of anxiety going into these practices. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, after like some of that, then some of the things I started to see were some of the physical stuff. Um, um, I, I saw a little girl, she, she was 10 and she was trying to, um, I'm not gonna share names cause it's not my, those aren't my details to share, but, um, she was trying to do um, a bar routine and she kept messing something up. And, and so her coach got up on the spotting block that was up to the high bar and he held her in handstand for minutes and minutes and minutes. And her arms were just like wobbling and, and she was just crying and crying and couldn't catch her breath. And, and he just held in his handstand and, and finally just like threw her down. And she like, he threw her onto the mat and he jumped down and she just can't even catch her breath for how hard she's crying and she's tired. And he brought us over the stall bars to, um, to, to punish her. And so, um, she, I mean, she hadn't had any, any arm strength left, but he hung up on the stall bars and, uh, he, he said, you have to do 50 leg lifts. And, um, she couldn't even pull her feet up because of how tired her muscles were from this whole thing. And, and so then he got even more mad and, and started, you know, putting her feet and like throwing him into the bar and, and you could just hear her knuckles hitting the bar and hitting him harder and harder. And, and, um, us in the gym, we couldn't even, um, you know, focus. I mean, I mean, some of the girls were kind of more used to it, but I just had like a pit in my stomach and, and, um, I, I didn't do anything. I didn't, I, I was just kind of in shock. I didn't really know what I should have done. And, and, um, 
but it just it just hurt us all to see this happen you know and um and she got down with just broken skin and I mean bruises and blood and and it was just absolutely horrifying um and that was one of the typical practices that you would see there um and uh yeah you know it really started this whole question in my head to is that what it takes to become a good athlete um, and it brought me through this really dark phase as a gymnast because I mean, not even just for my personal, like for my, in my personal experience, it was like, is this what I've always dreamed of is coming to live through this. Um, but then also like, is this what it takes to become a champion? Like we idolize these champions so much Is is this what we idolize to become, um, is to live, live through this and in, endure this and, and who knows how many years, maybe the rest of our life of torture, you know, mental trauma that maybe gets resolved or maybe doesn't. Um, so that, that was kind of the dark, um, well, was very much so the dark wave that I got pulled into then throughout that experience. Unfortunately, unfortunately, but, you know, everything teaches us something in life. And that's what makes me very passionate about uh, teaching the positive way like you do that I absolutely believe can build champions just as well if not better and build great humans to leave the sport and they're not just gymnasts who have won a medal and but they're humans that go on to continue winning in their lives because they were built up instead of beat down yeah oh my gosh that's so powerful and and I believe it too that you can you can prioritize the human and the human experience and still have amazing results and be a champion. And do you believe that? I think that there's this big misconception that if you take your foot off the gas and you don't have your foot all the way to the floor, and if you're not tough and pushing through, that you can't be great. What's your perspective on that? Can mm -hmm, someone mm -hmm. be kind to themselves? Can you have a kind coach and still rise to that elite level of sport? What do you think? I think absolutely yes. And I think it needs to be a good team between the coach, the parents, and the gymnast. And the gymnast, for one, needs to know that it's not going to be easy. You know, just because your your coach, a, a respectful coach and a good coach doesn't always mean a nice coach. Like sometimes you need, you need to do five routines if you want to do well to meet if you have injuries that's a different story you know <laughs> but um moral is it, the gymnast needs to know that it's going to be very very hard work and it's going to take a lot of time and dedication and sometimes um you are going to feel like your mind is like ah oh, I gotta do another routine and I can't I can't bring myself to it okay I can do this I gotta bring myself to this and I have to get through this because this is the level, this is the elite level, a very small percentage exist in this type of work ethic. So they need to know that that's what they're getting into and be willing to give that side of it. Um, some of the best coaches in the world, after going through this, I have been traveling all over because I'm like, I have to find out if there's a way, there has to be a different way. And I have met some of the most incredible coaches, one of which is Alfong. Another is Kim Semeskel. Al 
has an amazing story. And through his coaching, he has learned a lot and formed, he teaches a lot of his website. So shout out to Al Fong. Um, no sponsor, but I love that. I just, <laughs> I love everything. <laughs> no ad, but truly, um, he teaches a lot. He teaches how to teach and he believes a lot in organic growth. So, um, not this, like you were saying, like the push, 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 but the gymnast is going to pick up on it organically and naturally. And he does a lot of video where he will video it and then turn it and say, okay, what do you think needs to happen? And then the, the little girl, instead of getting a, a demand or a command and being obedient, she sees what she needs to do. And she uh, intentionally makes the change instead of just following demands. Does that make sense? Yeah. So it's really cool. I like that because it's very like intrinsic motivation um, that also ties into how you were saying, you know, being able to make your own decisions in your own movements as an, as an individual um, and not just being reliant on someone else telling you what to do. I love that. Um, and uh, Kim talks, speaks a lot on teaching girls how to trust themselves and uh, believing in them and respecting them, teaching them that it's hard work, but I respect you and you you can do this. Like she's a very like, she instills so much you can do this into the girls, which I really like. Um, and I've met um, one of my biggest inspirations is Kyla Ross. We did a camp together. Mm-hmm. We did two camps together actually a couple of years ago. And she's like, honestly, it's like, I never like dealt with that. Like, I didn't, I mean, she's one of the most famed gymnasts in his, in history, in history. And she's like, I didn't have to go through that. Like I, I just came and I did what I need to do. I did my work and my coaches taught me and, and we did it. Like, <laughs> like wasn't necessary. <laughs> her coaches listened to her. Yeah. <laughs> like what a concept. <laughs> And she made it to the Olympics and she got more tens in NCAA history. I mean, there's some yes. major statistics. She's like the 10 <laughs> queen who just had a coach that listened. Yeah. She didn't, she didn't yeah. have to get her leg slammed into the bar to get those tens. Right. <laughs> right. 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 And, and that's saying what I say, like the gymnast has to be willing to give. Cause um, if it's going to be a coach, like trying to, drag the gymnast to the top it's never gonna work she's gonna get burnt out she's gonna get hurt because her head and her heart's not in it she's gonna leave with years of trauma (laughs) and so the gymnast heart has to be in it she's got to be willing to work hard and the parents that has to come on board too because parents i think also um need to be there for the gymnast um, in supporting her as much as they can and also respecting the coach and what the coach's role is, respecting and trusting the coach. And I think each need to work um, in their own way for what their own role is and work as a team. Um, and I'm getting in the splits as I'm a gymnast and more comfortable on the splits. So, yeah, so I do think. And um, I also study a lot of... Um, the science behind it. And, you know, if we, when we have negative thoughts, which are directly related to our negative emotions, it lowers our muscle, our, our strength and our muscles up to 50%. And I think that's absolutely incredible 
because I think about competing. I'm like, how are we supposed to compete with only 50% of our strength? It's incredible. I, I do an exercise where I have people close their eyes and say their most common negative thought over and over to themselves. I do it in a group and you see the everyone's shoulders shrink and everyone's heads drop and the energy in the room just gets sucked out the bottom and they all open their eyes and I go, how's your energy? How's your confidence? And they're like, Ugh. 20 seconds of that. And I go, if you were about to get up on a beam and do a series right now, how would it go? And they're like, yuck. And I'm like, is this a familiar feeling? And a hundred percent of them, you know, nod their head and say, yes, this is a very familiar feeling. And then we just switch it to neutral. We don't even go like, I'm the best. We go, I have legs. I've done this before. It's like, you find something neutral and do 20 seconds of that. And you're like, oh, okay. I am okay now. I go, how would your series feel? And then for those who are a little bit more in touch with their positivity, they can actually go full positive. But some kids are so negative. They're so used to that negative reinforcement but they can't even say something positive without it feeling like a lie internally. And it's like the, uh, the physical uh, manifestation of just the thoughts in your mind, it's mind blowing. Like it's mind blowing. Well, if you go in in a bad mood, what happens to your skills? Like it's, it's so important to be, I think in an environment where you are nurturing that, that optimistic, that Kim Zemeskel, like you can do this, you can do it. Like fills your body with, fire, you know, just those, those thoughts yeah. and those beliefs about yourself. It's like, I get um, all excited <laughs> just thinking about it. Yes. I know. Look at us. We're like, let's go do bars. Like, <laughs> <Totally>. <laughs> Absolutely. I think that is so incredible what you're doing. And we need more people who have your intelligence and expertise because with your knowledge, you're able to dissect the problem and and see it and help them see it for what it is and then build up in a new way that's gonna that's gonna help them go towards their goals whereas normally with mental blocks it's I'm gonna threaten you if you don't do this you have a rope climb mm -hmm. if you don't do this you're not gonna compete you know it's like let's just threaten them because that's the easy thing to do it's the easiest the lazy thing to do let's just yeah. threaten them but your knowledge is so priceless and I really applaud you. And, and thank you. I was a mental block queen. I would have loved to <laughs> <Thanks>. have you. <laughs> you. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's like the whole reason I quit at age 14 because I thought I couldn't get through it. And ladies and gentlemen, Sophia Campana, the uh, elite national team member had mental blocks because guess what? Everybody does. It happens to literally everybody. It's normal. It's normal. It's a part of your brain is trying to keep you safe, but it's like demonized. You know, it, it happens to everybody. Kyla Ross had to repeat level five twice because she can go backwards on beam. Like it happens to everybody. And it's just this belief that it's going to keep you stuck that keeps you stuck. You know, like it didn't keep you stuck, right? So true. Yeah. And, and you just posted something that it was like, uh, I'm not going to say it right. You said it so perfectly. It was like, um, basically like demonizing it just makes it worse. Um, yeah. yeah thinking the spot is a problem said, is what makes it a problem. It's not a problem. Get a spot and build your confidence. Like, yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I could hang out with you all day. Um, I, so <laughs> I would love to know as we, as we wrap up, if you could sure. see one major change happen in the sport of gymnastics, if you could magic wand and make just one major thing change in our sport, what would you want to see shift? I think emotional intelligence 
should be, I, I would love to see coaches have more of an emotional intelligence because I think it would be such a benefit for the athletes, but also for themselves because coaching is hard and you have a lot of pressure on you as a coach, especially if, you know, it's your job and you're getting paid to send girls to certain meets um, and make whatever championships. And so um, I think emotional intelligence and support in that way for the athletes and the coaches would help us all a lot to come together and more and be stronger in that way. And make gymnastics a better place for all. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. I totally agree. Sophia, it was so cool. nice to meet you. Thank you so much. You too. And we better for everyone who will be talking for hours. I know, I know. And so if anybody <laughs> wants to find you, I know you are ever present on the internet, but where where can people find you? If they haven't already. So Sophia Campana, Sophia underscore Campana. Um, YouTube, I just opened an English YouTube channel because my primary YouTube channel is all in Italian, Sophia Land Gymnastics. And on TikTok, same thing, Sophia Land Gymnastics. Awesome. It was such a pleasure getting to know you today. Keep doing what you're doing. And thank you again for being here today. Thank you. Thanks for doing what you're doing. And the more we come together, I think the bigger of a change we can make as a team. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me for this week's episode of the perform happy podcast. If you're ready to unlock your maximum sport potential, head over to performhappy.com and join us. You'll be training alongside world champion athletes and Olympic hopefuls. And I will personally take you through my research-based system for overcoming fear and mental blocks, building confidence and finding your flow. I'm coach Rebecca Smith, and I'll see you next time.